ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Veteran Minority Podcast. You know, I'm glad to be back with y'all for another episode. We're working on episode five. Um, I appreciate everybody out there that's listening and showing love and giving encouragement, man. I appreciate everybody. I'm going to keep trying to keep going and keep getting better, keep growing once again. Um, but before I get started, though, on what we're going to chop it up with tonight or whatever, got to talk to the, to, the, to the young brothers, man. I don't know what's going on lately. A lot of the dudes in the music game are, are kind of going at the OGs in a way that I'm like, yo, I don't understand, man. I don't get it. Like, there, there's this whole, been the whole King of R&B thing going on on Twitter. And that's cool. Everybody got a different opinion or whatnot. I'm not here to dispute the different opinions, but I seen the video where the boy Jacquez pretty much was saying that he was the king of the 16 to 25 and, and, and Keith Sweat, you know, he had his time, which is in all respect true, but it's like, come on, my man. Like this dude, he could, he could teach you something about something. So, you know, just kind of fall back. But not even that. I really, you know, that one was funny. But then, I, you know, my thing is hip-hop. And so, Tory Lane's going at Royster 5'9". I'm like, yo, dog, don't do that. Like, don't do that. Because you will lose. Lyrically and with the hands, too. Don't get it twisted. Royster 5'9 got hands. You know what I'm saying? He, he's, he's a boxing enthusiast. You had to follow him on Twitter to know, but he definitely knows about boxing. He definitely participates in boxing. He definitely will put hands on somebody like Tory Lanez who told him to suck his dick. He invited him to his dick. So I'm like, yo, man, I don't know how that's going to end well for him. But what I'm saying is like, yo, young brothers, you know what I'm saying? It's okay to disagree. You know what I'm saying? Have your opinion about your OGs. You know what I'm saying? Or the people older than you. But when you start telling dudes to suck your dick and things like that, you might want to check yourself. Trust me. I learned from life experience. You might want to check yourself. Cause y'all getting out of pocket, man. I'm just noticing that in the game. You know what I'm saying? But um, yes. So, yo, remember the scene from The Matrix when Neo experienced deja vu, and then like he, they were, they were, they had came at, they had came into the Matrix, and they were going to meet with the Oracle or something like that. And then when he was coming back, he saw the black cat, and the black cat crossed again. He was like, hmm, deja vu. And then she was like, what do you mean you saw deja vu? He was like, oh, just saw deja vu. He thought it was nothing because he was so used to being plugged into the matrix that it was nothing. He just an experience of deja vu. And she told him like, nah, when you see deja vu, that means something in the game has changed. Something in the matrix has changed and you got to figure out what it is. And for me, um, I want to translate that deja vu to like, you know, just distractions. You know, a lot of times things are happening around us in this world, but we're, we're distracted by other things, whether it be sports. I'm, you know, it's nothing wrong with that or you know, the pop media of the day that we're not paying attention to things like that. But so sticking on with that theme, though, the Cowboys, you know, that that was the glitch in the game for one aspect of it, because the Cowboys, I don't know what they went on a little winning streak. They had a little hot run. But as I tweeted, when they beat the Saints and I was kept trying to get goaded because I do a radio show uh, down here in Tallahassee. So, you know, I was kept trying to get goaded into being like trying to be told somebody tell me that the Cowboys uh were going to go to Super Bowl and I'm like nah I can't I don't want to say that the defense did look good the running game looked good but it's still the Cowboys you know what I mean and so we are who they thought they we thought they were like to take the word from my man Denny Green we are who we thought they were you know what I'm saying the Cowboys they'll get up for a game here and there but at the end of the day they're going to end their season 8 and 8 and I don't you know maybe that's not the case this season but at the end of the day they're still going to lose a playoff game so there's no need to get hype about them. And when you saw what happened in Indy, they got blanked. They got shut down. They didn't score a touchdown. You know, Zeke didn't get 100 yards. Dak barely passed over for 200 yards. He threw a touchdown. I'm surprised he didn't fumble because he damn near fumbles every damn week. 
you know, the Cowboys are what we thought they were. So everybody could pump their bricks. All the Cowboys fans could sit back down, get comfortable, get ready for the end of the season and what's going to come with that. Or inevitably, even if y'all do make the playoffs, which I think you could, but I wouldn't be surprised if you lose to Tampa Bay and, and the Giants. I, those are very two. Like if the Cowboys would lose those games, everybody, y'all know for a fact that y'all know the Cowboys. Y'all know that y'all would not be surprised if the Cowboys lost them two games. So uh, I very well could see it. I could see them winning one, winning the other. I, I don't think the Cowboys are going to lose both. I think they're going to win one. They'll probably lose to Tampa Bay and then they'll beat the Giants. And by that time, who knows what the NFC East will look like. But I'm happy that the Cowboys are back. Who, I mean, I'm happy that the Cowboys have identified themselves as who we thought they were. The same team. They have a lot of talent. They've always had a lot of talent. Cowboys have always had a lot of talent, man. Like, we act like this is something new. Just a few years ago, they had DeMarco Murray, Des Bryant, and Tony Roman. Like, they've always had talent. It's the coach, man. More so than the coach, it's the owner. It's the owner. You know, he wanted to be all in the mix because it's his team. And I guess because you, what, we're going to take the team from him. It is his team. He can do whatever he wants. But it's the owner, man. And because of the owner, they're going to struggle. And they're going to continue to struggle no matter how much talent they continue to compile and put together because the owner's going to hold them back because he's always going to want to be in the mix. He's always going to be saying outlandish statements. Like, if they beat the Saints, they, he talking about these are different cats. I'm like, okay, it's a game. It's one game. You got The goal is the Super Bowl. You still got to win m- many more games. Yeah, that was a big game, a great game, an impressive win too, my dad, because I even was looking at the TV like, yo, these the Cowboys, yo, them two linebackers. They but then look how look how them two linebackers looked on Sunday against the Colts, though, getting ran, getting their chest dug up in. So it's the same old Cowboys, man. They're week to week, they're a different team, and more than likely they'll end up eight and eight. Um, and like I said, the other half of my tweet is when I was speaking out about the Cowboys and Saints game was the Saints. I was like, yo, we still know. Okay, this is this game is not teaching us anything different than we already knew about either team. The Saints still struggle to win on the road. Yeah, I know. And I know they won on Monday night. I know they won. They beat the Panthers. But, dude, come on. Cam, Cam, Cam Newton has started off the season stronger. He slowly just slid into, like, a dismal string of performances. His team's been losing. You know, they put up nine points. I mean, I know they scored 12. The Saints scored 12. But Drew Brees, he barely threw for 200 yards. They struggled, man. If it wasn't for Alvin Kamara breaking a few runs and scoring some scoring a late touchdown, they don't even, you know, uh, not even saying that they don't win, but... They didn't look impressive. That's all I'm trying to say. The Saints didn't impress me. They shouldn't have impressed any of you with that crap that they pulled on Monday night. And they definitely didn't impress me against the Cowboys. So going back to that, I'm saying the Saints are going to struggle on the road. They're going to struggle on the road. They're not going to be dominant like we've seen them early season in that dome where they just, you know, they look like thoroughbred horses. All the wide receivers are wide open and Drew Brees is pitching and catching. Nah, man, we're getting into big boy football. We're getting into where, 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 uh, uh, what am I trying to say? We're eliminating the weak teams, you know what I'm saying? We're getting a, we're getting into a tougher pool of teams. And the Saints, you, you know, these dudes are going to scheme you, you know? And division games are always difficult. So I'm not really surprised that the Saints struggle. But on the road, I, I, I just expect it. You know, any game on the road, I expect the Saints to struggle. So um, I guess we could have seen the, them beating the Cowboys winning. But everybody, I keep going, I'm going back to that Cowboys game because I feel like a lot of people feel like that taught us something. I'm like, n- not really. It really didn't. You know, it talks that the Saints are going to win a lot of regular season games, but they're inevitably inevitably going to lose a road playoff game because they lose road games in the regular season. And until the Saints become a road, a good road team or Drew Brees or whatever, I don't know what their organization, until they figure out how to play in on the road consistent, consistently better and win games late in the season, they'll struggle. And then the Cowboys, like I said, they're a joke because their owner is trying to hold on to past glory and just like their fans and just like all that other mess. So, uh... 
So I would, I'm not being revisionist, I guess, about this game. I, I, I feel like I want to say I called it right then. So I appreciate, you know, um, that everything's playing out exactly as I thought it would. Andrew Luck and the boys are coming on strong. That's very impressive. You know, it, it's funny how the t- to television media, they they give up on a guy. And then when the guy comes back good, they hop back. Oh, it's funny because they were ready to write Andrew Luck off. And all the brother needed was offensive line, like most quarterbacks, like any quarterback. Yo, man, hold on. Before I go anywhere else in the show, I have to tell people... What, do, what what my stance on quarterbacks is, man. Um, I think the NFL quarterback, first of all, I think the quarterback position, period, in all of football is the most overvalued, overcomplimented, over, you know, they give too much credit to the, Yo, if you watch, there's, there's in, in the NFL, I th- I've said this before on other shows, if you watch the NFL game, these a lot of these quarterbacks are not doing anything magnificent, but you want to give but the media tends to give them all the credit at the end of the day. Yo, these dudes need help. These dudes need offensive lines. Obviously, they need wide receivers. They need more than just, oh, it's Tom Brady. He can do it all alone. No, you put Tom Brady behind him. Some turnstiles or some left tackle or right tackle or something like that. And some, you know, statues of a of a of a of a offensive lineman, two offensive guards. You'll see Tom Brady will look like every other quarterback. He'll look like David Carr back when David Carr used to play in Houston. He'll look just like that. But we t- they, they just, uh, it's so annoying watching TV because they just give the quarterback so many, so much props. And they make it seem like he's the most intelligent player on the field and he has to do all this. It's like, no, he doesn't, man. Quarterback is the benefit of everybody else doing a good job around him. If everybody else does a good job around him, the quarterback's able to, to, to come on top of it and look the best. You know what I'm saying? And in some cases, there are very few quarterbacks, though. There are a few quarterbacks who really are great. But we can't try to, you can't take the idea of one great quarterback and try to build um change the entire game of football around it because every every player is not able to do that you know and even the quarterbacks that are playing well like mitch trubisky like they're saying oh the bears could win i'm like yeah the bears could win want to know why because they don't ask mitch trubisky to do anything but throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage to Tariq cohen and, and hand it off and hit wide open receivers like they don't ask him to do much and if you don't ask a quarterback to do much and you have great talent around him he will look good but if you try to give him the franchise and try to make him throw it 40 50 times they're trying to do the dag down in dallas he's gonna look terrible because every quarterback is not cut out. You know what I'm saying? Imagine if, if in the NBA, people was like, yo, because Michael Jordan's a great shooting guard, you need a great shooting guard to win. And I'm sure some teams did do that. You need a great shooting guard. The game has changed. It's not about the center no more. It's about the shooting guard. Like, yo, a lot of teams would have failed trying to draft the next Michael Jordan. And that's, that's in essence what these great quarterbacks are. They are the Michael Jordans of their, you know what I'm saying? Of, their, of what they do. And it's like you keep trying to build something around the idea that yo only a few types of players are gonna be able to do what they do a lot of these players don't have the arm strength a lot of these players don't have mobility a few of these quarterbacks have a weird mix of talent and they become great and then you want to make it seem like every quarterback has to follow in that vein and that's not fair and it hinders the game it makes the game look sloppy it does a lot when you try to build through a quarterback when like you know like 95 percent of these dudes are trash so, yeah, that's my little soliloquy. I mean, that's my little rant on quarterbacks because I hate it, man. I hate how quarterback, every time they win, it's all about Phillip Rivers or it's all about Tom Brady or it's all about this one. It's all about this. Like, dude, like, they didn't they didn't play both sides of the ball. Like, I'm sorry, did they hand the ball to themselves? I'm sorry, did they block for themselves? I mean, yo, you got to watch other aspects of the game. I know that sells for, for, the, for, the, for the people watching, but I don't know. It just annoys me because I just be like, look, man, most of these quarterbacks are garbage. But, yeah, moving on, though, since we got – done talking about the Cowboys and what they're going to do. We got into some, like I said, the glitch in the matrix. Something's changed. And I'm telling you up in Pittsburgh, something definitely has changed because my Steelers finally got over the hump. We finally beat 
the New England Patriots. And I'm going to come off like an impassioned fan right now when I speak about this game. Because we've been, in my opinion, we've been the more talented team than New England for at least the past three seasons. I don't care nobody say, even you could probably even go back further than that. But I feel like as a, as a fan, I can speak from a biased perspective, but what, what, what I'm saying, not be biased. We literally have been more talented than New England for at least like the past three or four seasons. But we've had Le'Veon being suspended because he wanted to smoke weed, which, you know, hey, but my brother, make sure your pee is clean. You know what I'm saying? Then we have uh, Le'Veon, Le'Veon's hurt in the game for some weird reason. He's running, controlling the clock like we need him. Then he gets hurt. And Antonio Brown gets hurt. And then if we do, then when we do play a game with him neck and neck, we get a BS call when uh, Jesse James catches a game, winning touchdown. But then they say that, no, it wasn't game winning. He dropped it. So they've been, they've been jobbing us. But finally, we got it done. The defense showed up. I've been watching my defense, too. I told y'all, my defense coming on. We're young. We're coming on. But a win like this against Tom Brady is good. Is, 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 is uh, would do a lot for us going on late in the season because we needed this because now we're going down to New Orleans and we needed to know, you know what I'm saying? Because I think we could take New Orleans, honestly. New Orleans doesn't look as strong as they used to and we got a pass rush too, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, we ready for that. And, you know, I hear a lot of people trying to like, you know, give, you know, like say that Tom Brady isn't the same Tom Brady or Gronk is the same Gronk. Look, man, if we'd have lost that game, everybody on TV would have been saying it's the same Patriots, this and that, and the Patriots go win the Super Bowl. If the Patriots still make it to the Super Bowl, nobody's going to be surprised. So I don't want to hear that it's the same Patriots. Look, man, it's the Patriots. And until Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Gronk and Edelman and, and Hogan and White and that defense, everybody on the defense, Hightower and all them boys, with the McCordy twins, if they not when they're not on there no more, then we could talk about it being a different team. But as long as they still got those guys, they're still the Patriots. And I still want to beat them, and I still feel like they're the team to beat in, in a, in in the AFC and in the NFL, to be honest, because yeah, this, the the Eagles beat them last year, but man, you know, the Patriots been in the Super Bowl like the last two, three seasons too, as well. So um, I feel like it was a big game, but as you notice, my Steelers, my team, you know, we're not talking that whole, you know, how this was our Super Bowl mumbo jumbo. We're talking that, we're talking that, we handled business, we're happy with our performance, we got to grow from it, and we're gonna be on to the next because we got New Orleans, and we know New Orleans ain't a game. New Orleans ain't a game. I think it's in New Orleans too, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Hold on, let me check this for you for a second on my laptop. See if it's in New Orleans or it's on my phone. Yeah, so if the game is in New Orleans, it's definitely it's definitely going to be um, it's definitely going to be a problem for us because you get New Orleans on that turf. Um, it's gonna they they run they move faster. Their offense is more at St. Drew Brees. You know he's not um, he's not. Um, yeah, verse saying so. Yeah, it's in it's in New Orleans. So yeah, we, we we'll have to be on on point for that one because down there in New Orleans and with that crowd, them boys are energized and they run their routes and they 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 offense fires off the line. So we got to bring it and we because we need the game too though because we're not out the woods out of ourselves. Um, Baltimore's coming on strong with the young boy, uh, the young boy uh, Lamar Jackson. He's coming on strong in his development and they got a good defense and their offense is. Running the ball really well, so you know we might have to deal with them in the playoffs again. And you know Baltimore, they always give us a problem, but you know we we did what we needed to do against New England, and I'm happy about that. That shows development in my mind that Mike Tomlin is 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 trying. He schemed it. He took away uh, Gronk. Gronk only had like two catches, which man, that made me feel because I, I was watching the game and I was upset with how it was going at first, but I didn't realize that Gronk didn't have any catches. I just I just didn't like you know we were missing kicks, we were not putting enough points on the board. Um, because we could have went up twenty-one to seven, we could have went up twenty-one to seven, but we didn't even go. We we didn't, and we ended up missing a kick. So that should you know piss me off. But um, you know, 
Mike Tomlin showed growth, man. He showed that he's willing to compete. You know what I'm saying? That he can scheme too on offense. And his defense, he's showing that he just needs time. Our defense just needs time to grow. He need to get his pieces in order. Time grow. We're, we're missing a safety because the type of defense we run, we need a safety that takes away the middle of the field. That's all over the middle of the field. We're still missing Troy Palomalu, and that's so crazy to say. But we're still missing Troy Palomalu. But um, oh, we need that. We got to do Edmonds back there. He's young. He's developing. But, you know, we did what we had to do against New England. And, I, and I'm very proud and I'm happy as a Steelers fan that we finally got that done. I know we lost to the Raiders, but we always lose to the Raiders. And we, lose, we'll, we lost some other bad games this year, but um, we handled that business. And I think that means a lot to us. That says that says that's, that will say a lot to the team, you know. But uh, going to the other side of the, the Keystone State, so the Eagles they beat the Rams Sunday night. Um, I didn't see that coming, honestly. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what to think about the Eagles anymore, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just you just got to sit back and watch them because they have their whole their quarterback and they're not playing well. Then they get their backup quarterback and. They start playing well again. And I think that's re- re- really I'm focused on mainly. I'm not really focused on whether or not the Eagles go back to the playoffs, win the Super Bowl, because I don't think they're going to do that. I don't know. Maybe they could. They, I didn't think they were going to do it last year, and they did it. And I, But I don't think they're going to do it this year. I don't think the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl. Um, they might not even make the playoffs. But what's interesting about this whole, what intrigues me about the Eagles saga is how the pressure to me from where I'm sitting I just see Carson Wentz, the pressure just building and building and building on Carson Wentz for the simple fact that, yo, man, this dude is taking all your accolades. Like, OK, let's say Nick Foles does somehow. Let's say the the the, the Cowboys collapse and the Eagles went out. Yo, yo, like he's taking he's 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 winning more important games for the team when the team needs him than Carson Wentz is and Carson Wentz so far over the past two seasons is getting hurt and having to exit the season and as a pro athlete i'm sure that raised upon you because this is the dude that backed you up and now he's a super bowl champion super bowl mvp and i just think like i know a lot of people are talking i don't know i don't know enough's not being made about that storyline in the media that's just something that i just was thinking about like the pressure on that dude has to be mounting every time nick Foles takes a snap every completion every touchdown every time alshon jeffrey go does what he did like 10 catches for like 160 some yards like every time that happens the success he has to be like yo and i know they keep saying oh nick Foles is more talented i mean not nick Foles. carson Wentz is more talented than nick Foles, and you know but i'm like look dude the all fans care about is winning like fans don't care about you um fans don't care about who's more talented than who like if you put this guy in and this guy can win us games versus that guy that guy's always hurt we're gonna want the guy that can win us games and what's up with Philadelphia quarterbacks, too? Every time they get a franchise quarterback, the franchise quarterback can never stay healthy, and the backup always has to play a major role. Like, that happened with Andy Reid's teams, too. You know, the Eagles teams, when they were trying to be championship contenders, but they, which they never were, but they were trying to be championship contenders. McNabb, tear ACL, crack a rib, you know what I'm saying? Get a sports get a sports hernia. Something crazy would happen to McNabb, and the backups would have to come in and carry the day. And they were able to, similarly to what Doug Peterson is doing now, and... You know, maybe it's, maybe it's going to be the same saga over and over. Because I do remember McNabb used to always, they used to always talk about if McNabb was going to um, make it from day to day. And I didn't understand that. But now I do. Because it's like, yo, man, they're proving that they can run the offense without Carson Wentz at a high level, winning Super Bowls. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is crazy. Especially if he pulls it off again this year. They get to the playoffs this year. Best case scenario, worst case scenario for Carson Wentz. Nick Foles wins out. Cowboys collapse. 
They win the division. They go in a deep run to the playoffs. Don't even they don't win the Super Bowl. But if he takes them a deep run to the playoffs, now I'm telling you, man, people are going to start looking at Carson Wentz. The fans are going to turn against Carson Wentz, especially if Carson Wentz comes back next year and they struggle. And that's what I'm saying, man. You got to just watch out for these things because this is how these things develop in sports. You know what I'm saying? Right now, nobody's paying attention to it. It's just like, you know, Carson Wentz is back. It's hurt. He'll be back. You know, man, Nick Foles has had some success. And his success is eventually going to catch the eye of either another team, another team, because they're going to be like, okay, this wasn't a fluke. Like, this dude's doing it again. Or, or the Eagles themselves. Like, they're going to be like, yo, man, this guy, you know, ah, but, you know, Nick Foles is Nick Foles. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Nick Foles is Nick Foles. He's a backup for a reason, you know, but I'm just saying, man, the man didn't win the Super Bowl. Do you know? So, while we were all distracted watching football on Thursday, you know, paying attention to the Cardi B madness or what have you, especially those of us down in Florida, we definitely need to be up on game. The Supreme Court passed down here in Florida, passed unanimously unanimously on a vote, 7-0, that stand your ground law is applicable to police officers now, which... Stunned the hell out of me because I didn't even know police officers didn't have like a stand your ground defense. I thought a cop from what I've seen and experienced and read about cops already had the benefit of the doubt in any type of violent altercation, especially if they say they fear for them for their lives. So this was really alarming to me. And I'm trying to understand like what it means. You know what I'm saying? Because why why do cops need to have laws, stack the top of laws if a, if a cop is already impervious? Now I realize, no, they weren't impervious, and they are now. <laughs> now they have, you know, the stand your ground immunity. Really, it's an immunity. The stand your ground law is really the, a defense, um, and it basically allows people to use violent or lethal force to defend themselves in a situation where they're not doing anything criminal, and they are, you know, in a situation where they feel like they... It's not it's the, the way the law is written. It's not that they don't. It's not that they can't retreat. It's that they don't have to retreat. That's how it's written. Like I don't. They could be like the person if you in a stay your ground situation. You and a person could get in a situation, and the person could very well have the faculties and the means to step away and walk away from you. But understand your ground law, especially here in Florida. Which stay, for, I want to pause for a second and say, stand your ground law is not only in Florida. It's in a lot of other states, especially in the South. So check, check, Google it. Your state probably has a stand your ground law, too. So don't think this is something unique onto Florida, which is why I'm talking about this. But understand your ground. You can have the means to walk away. But because of the law, you don't have to walk away if you feel like your life is threatened, which is it's, it's a very weird law. And black people, obviously, we're very sensitive about this law because it leads to the death of a lot of our black boys and girls out here in the streets and we don't get any justice for it. So now when this is happening, we see in the police now are like, dude, I don't even know what to call. It. It's like, I don't even know. Like they have the law. Like, I don't see how did this happen? I don't even understand how we how we weren't even aware that this was going down. I feel personally responsible because for not even understanding this was about to happen because yeah we, we should have done something to make sure that this didn't happen the cops already have every law on their side they have the general matter of fact before laws better than laws cops have the the general public public opinion on their side they have the general public's public opinion like they have the goodwill thing they are um, always seen as having done the justified thing in any case especially when it regards to black people so 
this is very dangerous for us. I don't want to be acting like I'm very scary, especially for those of us down here in Florida, because an officer, how would they define officer is uh, it doesn't matter if the cop is on or off duty or if he's arresting anyone. So, yeah, the way the language is written, like I said, we always have to um, like I didn't say this, but I'm saying this now. We have to pay attention to language when these laws come out and when we see things and hear things on TV regarding laws, because the way this is written, pretty much a cop doesn't have to be res- an off-duty cop could pretty much start something with you feel like he's threatened shoot you and then be like yo i'm a cop stand your ground law i thought the dude was gonna kill me i mean look at him he's a big dude you know what i'm saying and and that's the danger and the loopholes of these laws you know what i'm saying because now we're giving we're not checking power power is gonna be able to do whatever it wants and i'm not saying that i'm not saying this against all cops i don't want this to sound like it's a um, referendum on all police or an attack on all police but let's be real at the end of the day those police that are, want to abuse this law have the means to abuse this law it's quite clear you can see the loopholes in it <laughs> in the language itself like it doesn't it doesn't matter if they have the means to retreat it doesn't matter if they're on or off duty it doesn't matter if they're arresting someone like so what matters uh, oh, and then and then even when you do if even if you were able to charge a cop in one of these stand your ground killings um, if he evokes this defense, it's on the prosecution, which I understand that. But they have to provide clear, concise evidence that he sh- he shouldn't get the immunity. It's like, what? He shouldn't get the immunity. I need to be providing clear and concise evidence that he committed a crime. But maybe that those are one and the same. Um, yeah, man, while we were all distracted, we got to watch out for all of these distractions of sports. And I, I like sports, too. But we have to make sure that we're keeping up on the news and what's going on around us because, you know, Supreme Court's. And things like that are passing laws um, that that could affect you or your loved one or um, somebody, you know, a friend that, you know, and it's it's very dangerous. This this system that we're in, um, especially to black people, it can harm. It, it's very harmful to us. Uh, and so. We need to be up on game, you know, when we're moving through these streets, protect yourselves at all times, especially to my brothers and sisters down in Florida, because, I mean, as you can see, I don't know how else as a black person, given the history of the state of Florida, some of the things that have happened here, um, some of the things that have happened more recently in this state, as far as the Trayvon Martin killing, most recently the shooting down in Clearwater, where the dude was yelling at um, Michael Drikas, was yelling at uh, uh, Michael McLaughlin's wife, and... He basically, the dude came outside, shoved him, and basically Michael Drinkis got up and just shot him. And basically, you know, you're giving police that that type of interaction when you say on or off duty. And that's very um, concerning to me. That's very disconcerting to me. Um, and I think, you know, we just got to move smarter when we're out. And basically, you need to be more in tune for wherever you are, whatever state you're in. I think it'd be, it would be in your best interest to be up on what's going on in your local politics. I think in America, we focus a lot on national politics. We focus on the, the Senate race and things like that, but we need to focus more on our local politics. And I'm guilty of this too, and I'm, and I'm going to take this up my own self, but we need to focus more on the local politics because the local politics is, is what's, it's what's going to affect you in your day-to-day life more. So, so, so when people make the argument, like, oh, I don't vote for the president because it doesn't affect my life. I mean, that's ignorant just to not vote because of that. But in some instances, that kind of is true. He can, Obviously, the president can pass things that affect you. But the people that are going to be affecting your daily life every day are the people in your state, your local and state government. You know, and like I said, America, we, we, t- we don't look at ourselves like different states, even though our, some of the state, matter of fact, all the states we live in are big enough to be countries. So really, we're all spread them out amongst different 
countries and your governor and your you have a supreme court and things like that that uphold the laws of your land in your state because all states aren't created equal all states don't have the same laws so it's time for us you know i think we should just be up on game because under our nose is uh, these supreme courts and these uh powers that be are passing laws that are benefit are been are going to affect us dramatically you know i expect you know i don't want to say it but i am expecting this to become an issue in this state of florida now because this cop and it, it really is not going to be an issue because the law is pretty much gonna be like well the cop you know he stood his ground you know he was afraid of the of the of the assailant and this is what it is but i think that's a problem and i think that it's on us as people to make sure that we are up on our game intellectually and politically so that we could check power so that we could be like, whoa, 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 no, 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 because this should have never got passed. You know what I'm saying? We should not be giving police who have not only physical power, you know, with guns and mace and batons and things like that. And they have the power of the people already who the white people, especially us as black people, they already have the power against us when it comes to a stand your ground situation. Now we have them. We've given them the legitimacy of having the law of the land on their side. So now there's nothing we can really do um, when we're out moving in these streets. We just have to make sure that we're on our P's and Q's and on our tip and moving correctly and stepping diligently. Because, yeah, this is going to be uh, some interesting times going forth in America, man. Um, you know, and I'll say that at least. I'll save that for another episode. I want to appreciate everybody for listening to this episode. Um, excuse me. I know I said I was going to do this uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. I haven't been doing the Monday show, but I'm going to be back on Monday with my show. Um, I appreciate all the support that I've been getting, man. I've been looking at my stats and things like that. So I appreciate all the love. If you want to contact the show, I have any, you know, stories that you want to write in or have any comments or criticism or anything, you can email the show at veteranminoritypodcast at gmail.com. That's veteranminoritypodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can reach me at Twitter or follow me at Twitter at, at veteranminority. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. And when the Saints, when we go down, we come in marching in. I just got to say that before I get up out of here. We come in marching down to New Orleans, man. We ready. We ready. Pittsburgh, we ready. But um, thank you all for listening. Thank you for all the support. Please comment, uh, like, subscribe. Share this to everybody, man. If you like what you're hearing here at this po- on my podcast, man, and you're, you're invested in what I'm trying to do here, then please, man, sh- it, uh, share it with everybody so, I can, so it can grow and I can grow and um, we can get this thing popping. But until next time, y'all, peace.